right, everybody. Monday, November 7th. It is 6.30 on the dot. After arguing with my brother for 10 minutes, I got him to leave because we have to sit down and talk about the Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl just occurred. Georgia Tech came into town. Freshman quarterback, one-point loss. Hokies are 2-7, and 1-5 and five in conference, and we're here to talk about it. And look, we all discussed this. Is this what I want to do right now? No. Is this what Pat or Grayson wants to do right now? No. But it's necessary. We need to sit down here. We need to get in the therapy chair and talk about this game. And that's what we're going to do. And this podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy, located right in Blacksburg, Virginia. Your one-stop shop for game day pins. Your one-stop shop for our Nitlo collaboration that we just put out, our Center Street shirts. So head on down there. Check them out. If you have prescription needs, you need a candle to help freshen up the house. You need a monster energy drink before class. You need a number two pencil for your Scantron. I don't even know if they're still doing those nowadays. Head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. They got you covered. Pat, I know you have us covered with some poetry. Read us some poetry. My guy, Bonge, jumping in with the Hokey Haiku. Bonge for VT. Stay positive, folks. Who will root for the Hokies? If not us, no one. Wow. Pretty good, uh, pretty good haiku poem there. Um, before we start this podcast, just in, in, the, in the sense of positivity, um, usually you go bad news first, good news second, but I just need some positivity. So I want to shout out our women's soccer team punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament this year. They are will be taking on the seven seed West Virginia in Morgantown on Sunday. So shout out to the women's soccer team. I also want to point out the Virginia Tech women's basketball team. Uh, Grayson, can I get a score update? I know our guy Evan Hughes was on the call. Tech was Absolutely. up like. Give me one second. I'll tell you exactly. It's end of the uh, third quarter right now. It is 68 to 37 Hokies over Ma- Mount St. Mary's. The Mountaineers. So pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think we're doing all right. Pretty good. Uh, Evan Hughes on the call. Uh, Kay Brooks on the hardwood, uh, and uh, they look good. So shout out to them. And then also last shout out Queens of the Castle. Um, we've been talking about NIL player empowerment, uh, cutting the cord. Let's hear it from the athletes directly. Uh, and Georgia Amore and Elizabeth Kitley have launched their own podcast. Did a really awesome job. If you are on Apple, if you are on Spotify. Check them out, Queens of Castle. Uh, Give them a subscription, like it, review it, and then also you will be able to see those videos on the Sons of Saturday YouTube channel. Um, So really excited about that and really uh, fired up for that. So uh, I will go ahead and and turn it over to Pat for the where did we watch. He did make the trek to Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the game day atmosphere. I got in the car on Saturday morning, left at a Noda right before 8 a.m. with Griff Dog and Maddie, and uh, we were on our way. Poured rain the entire drive up. We are like, oh, man. I feel like every other game here is a rain game. There's rain in the forecast. Is it going to rain the entire game? And uh, it turned out, I would say, fine. Um, you know, you, you get to the tailgate, and it's it's drizzly and a little windy, and you're like, what am I – like, how do I prepare for this? What do I wear? Because you know you're getting multiple seasons. All of a sudden, you know, 45 minutes into the tailgate, you're starting to sweat. 
it's sunny out and you have to shed some layers and (laughs) that's just how it is. It was a very, very, very quiet tailgate environment uh, for Saturday's game. We're, we're um, tailgating at the German club with Kenny Barnes and Alex Garrison and family and coach Ron, Emily, the whole squad. Uh, That was a lot of fun. And uh, Griff dog was on the grill, but we go over to, to lane and of course, it starts like pouring as we are making our descent uh, into Lane Stadium. We are descending our tailgate experience, and you know the the pregame and enter Sandman, and probably like the first most of the first quarter, it was raining through the entirety. Um, but Lane Stadium packed, like packed for a twelve thirty game on Regional Sports Network as a two and six team against, you know, probably one of the worst teams we'll play this year. Lane stadium was packed and Virginia tech showed out again. What a fan base, what a special place. Uh, That was super impressive. And, you know, most of the fans really just stayed the entirety of of the football game too. Um, So, yeah, that's, I I was proud to be a Hokie on Saturday um, for some reasons, not others. In sickness and in health, until death do us part, for richer or for poor, we will be there on Saturday. You can bet your bottom dollar. Uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into a game recap, break it down real quick. Uh, this is probably going to sound a lot like last week's game recap after the NC State game because they pretty much ended more or less the same way. Uh, final score. Ended up being 28-27, to one-point loss with the win going to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech's time of possession was 33 minutes and 12 seconds as opposed to Virginia Tech's 26 minutes and 48. While the Yellow Jackets put up a whopping 463 yards of total offense to Virginia Tech's 304 yards. We had four turnovers. They had one. Those turnovers ended up being the pitfall of the day. They ended up masking a pick six by Kelly Lawson. He had a day. We'll talk more about that. And the highlight of the day, a record-setting 90-yard house call. Tucker Holloway, have a day, man. We have our punt returner, we found out. But notably, Will Ross misses an extra point. He also missed a field goal attempt that could have made the score 31-28 to for the Hokies. The turning point ended up being the fumble by Keyshawn King uh, with about 10 minutes left in the football game. And then from there was all Georgia Tech who scored two touchdowns. One was a 56-yard pass. The other was a nine-yard touchdown run in the final nine minutes of the football game. They emerged victorious in heartbreaking fashion. Here's your game recap. Billy Ray, first thing. Yeah, first things first. Um First Things First is brought to you by First to Main, and I know that it was a little wet, a little wet on Saturday. And if you guys are looking for a slicker, as my grandfather calls it, or a poncho, as literally everybody else in America calls it, uh, head on down to uh, Alumni Hall, First and Main, everything that you need. If you're looking to eat, if you're looking for a slicker, if you're looking to go watch a movie, or you're looking to go hang out at the um, at the arcade, they got all you need. Head on down, First in Main, right in Blacksburg. And they got an L-Rods. They got an L-Rods. Gucci L-Rods. Happy birthday, Shelton Moss. We know you love your arroz con pollo. (laughs) Arroz con pollo. So, so first things first, look, what's really 
this boils down to is it is amazing the way that Virginia Tech has found ways to lose football games. Uh, at first, it was setting the expectation that Virginia Tech was going to be in a position where they were not talented enough to compete or talented enough to win enough games. To that, I say, cover your kids' ears. Bullshit. Uh, Virginia Tech was as talented or more talented than Georgia Tech this past week. Uh, if you go down the schedule, I would argue that in terms of a talent perspective, Miami, North Carolina, maybe West Virginia, this football team, not just for this year, but in the future, has to learn the importance of the small things that lead to big losses or heartbreaking losses. Um, in this football game, Virginia Tech was the beneficiary of a pick six and a kick return touchdown. But things like a, mix, a missed field goal, a missed point after try, a uh, fumble on the 11-yard line, these are all the things that are impossible to recover from. Again, we didn't have the penalty thing that was just an albatross, ridiculous number, but we doubled up Georgia Tech in the penalty number as well. We had seven penalties for 55, while Georgia Tech is three penalties for 25 yards. And let's not forget, Georgia Tech is a team with a head coach replacing the coach who was fired midway through the season. It's the second game that we've played against a third-string quarterback who also happens to be a freshman. Very talented freshman, by the way. I think that guy has a very bright future. Uh, but here's what I really wanted to point out. In the fourth quarter in the year of 2022, Pat hasn't heard me say this yet. I ran the numbers. Virginia Tech has been outscored by 42 points in the fourth quarter this football season. That comes at a 12-point margin for Georgia Tech, a 12-point margin for NC State, an eight-point margin for Pitt, a 17-point margin for West Virginia, and a 10-point margin for Old Dominion. And you look at the fourth quarter from this past week against Georgia Tech. This is a tweet from Andy Bitter. He summarized it here. A missed 40-yard field goal, lost fumble at the Georgia Tech 10, 56-yard touchdown pass for Georgia Tech, threw an interception, allowed a third and 19 conversion. Grayson, I know you'll talk about that later. Gave up a go-ahead for a touchdown run to the freshman quarterback and lost the fumble on the final drive. This team has to find a way to lock in and make the plays that are game-winning plays. Coach Pride talked about it in the post-game presser. And the coaching staff needs to put these players in a position to execute on the things that they are good at or find out what they are good at and come up with some sort of identity. That is not just a this-year problem. That is a next-year problem and a thing that we need to solve until we are going to be able to take a step forward as a competitive football program. That's first things first. Moving on to bright spots, we'll switch it over to Mr. Brightside to kick us off with bright spots. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you. <laughs> Punt return unit. The punt, the punt return unit. Guys, it is... The first day of the college basketball season and everyone's awake because we sleep in May. <laughs> the punt return unit, which has been asleep since September 2nd, finally woke up. They woke up a few days before the college basketball uh, season started. I don't know where they've been all year. I think we we had like 12 or 18 total punt return yards up until Saturday. And then Tucker Holloway said, you know what? Let's actually flip that, flip that on its head. I'm going to have 188 return yards, including a 90-yard touchdown. 
and win ACC Specialist of the Week. And he set a record, pun return yards record, that was previously held by Antonio Freeman back in 1994 against Pittsburgh. So we tip our caps to Tucker Holloway, the freshman from North Carolina, uh, who had 188 total return yards and a touchdown. Massive bright spot. You did, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. I want to point something out. Uh, and for those of you that are listening on Spotify or Apple, you can get this visual if you head on over to our YouTube channel. But essentially, what we were doing is this is what our punt return team looked like. You got the punter up top, you got two lines here, and then you got the punt returner. Okay. Now, our job is there are some guys that are rushing and there are some guys that are dropping back and having to pick up a block. But if any of our guys miss picking up that guy, they're going to be down here and they're going to be standing our part returner right in the face. So Virginia Tech and Stu Holt decided, hey, let's put a guy right here. His name's Connor Blumrick, okay? You don't see him fe- featured in the passing game a lot, but we are going to feature him in the part return game. Hey, Connor, your job is to hit the first guy down here and eliminate him from the, from the situation. That subtle change, that small change, gave Tucker enough room to field the ball and be able to make a decision. It was a great change. It led to the change, and it led to Tucker Holloway putting up a record performance um, and setting the record for Virginia Tech punt return yards. Um, so great change. Good job by the coaching staff. Good job by Connor. And um, that was the change that I believe sparked the uh, the difference. Check out Tucker Holloway on the Sons of Saturday social media pages for Roots Rapid Fire over the next week or two. Oh, big get. Kelly Lawson. Mr. CEO (laughs) came to play on Saturday. Kelly Lawson was a difference maker in the game, capped off by his seven-yard pick six. Grayson, do you remember when I was calling that we would get a pick six on the preview? I do indeed. I do indeed. Really looked good uh, for a little bit there. (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. (laughs) While it lasted. Nice while it lasted. Um, speaking of guys with first names that begin with K-E, Keyshawn King had a great day on the ground. Uh, he really did have a great day on the ground. Probably his best game rushing since Old Dominion and Boston College. And now he's been battling injuries back and forth. A healthy Malachi Thomas and a healthy Keyshawn King are truly a, a dangerous one-two punch. Up until his fumble in the fourth quarter, uh, Keyshawn King was having a great day. Um, 13 carries, 79 yards, just a, a shifty guy that is making the first guy miss. And and it seemed like Keyshawn King was just diving forward to get those extra two yards on every single down. He had the ball in his hand. So it was good to see Keyshawn King having a good day uh, despite you know how it ended. That uh, that injury timeout could not have come at a worse time. Glad that kid from uh, Georgia Tech is okay, obviously. But that, I mean, that was a drive. I'm so I'm I'm so so glad you reminded me. I am so glad you reminded me. I know we're talking about bright spots. Waves got to go, dude. I have a whole segment on this. Sorry. I have a I'm sorry. I have a, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into sorry. that. Sorry. Um. The the. The difference makers that have names that start with K just don't stop with uh, with Kelly and Keyshawn. We got Caleb Smith continues to be a bright spot on this offense. He had four catches for 78 yards, and one of those, that toe touch catch 
was nice. I would have been so mad. I was on nice. Twitter. I was scrolling. Like, if that wasn't a catch, what is a catch? I was I was waiting for it to happen and for the refs, for the Zebras to be like, no, nope, he was out. It, incomplete. But very, very nice catch by uh, by number 80 on Saturday. I uh, he, he keeps me happy. He's he's doing it. He's having a great season despite what our record says. So uh, yeah, and can I can I say something? I'm sick of people saying this. So I'm usually actually somebody to zag and be like, like with the Hendon Hooker thing. I'm like everybody's like everybody doubted this kid when he transferred, and it's like no, actually a lot of people wanted him to be the starter, and he left, and he did a great job. I think a lot of people are just kind of saying that for the retweets and stuff. But with Caleb Smith, this is a guy that all season. All season, they're like, man, this guy doesn't start at another Power 5 program. I think there are plenty of teams that would like to have Caleb Smith on their football team. So I want to put a little respect to Caleb Smith's name. Um, so I just wanted to I wanted to bring that up for uh, for a lot of folks. Stop saying that. Stop saying that Caleb Smith would not play on another Power 5 team because he would. Um, aside from that, my, my biggest bright spot, and Pat, you alluded to it, Virginia Tech – Virginia Tech's fan base, man, rain, shine, good, bad, has supported. This has been by far, and I know, you know, may get some chirps here and say, you know, Billy Ray, you've only been a fan of this team since they've been good. You're right. Uh, This has been the most trying and difficult sports season um, maybe for any team that I've ever supported. No, I am not a New York Jets fan. No, I am not a New York Knicks fan. I avoided those two disasters. I am a Mets fan, and still, I don't think I've had a season like this. Um, but it is so admirable. It is special. It is what is so unique about Virginia Tech. 65,632 fans showed up to this football game. Pouring rain, bad football teams, uh, and they still came out. And uh, they were raving about it on the broadcast, and I thought that was special. And um, I, I just, I hope that, Everybody in the Virginia Tech community and everybody that is making decisions for the future of this university. I'm trying to say this the right way. Everybody that understands how important Virginia Tech football is to the community and the overall view of what our school is. This is not just about the football program. Virginia Tech football is what brings together the entire university. Without Virginia Tech football, without Michael Vick, without those Saturdays that we have in the fall, even though there are only six or seven of them each year, that is what makes Virginia Tech so special. That is why a lot of kids decide to go to Virginia Tech over some other school. So it just it just really, really is a special place. And Grayson, we talked about it before the podcast. How many people would have just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this Saturday cutting grass or I'm gonna spend this Saturday, you know, going to the dog park. Um those are pretty pretty bad examples, but um, it can be anything, man. It can be anything, and 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 it is special. And I hope we never ever ever lose that. So, um, awesome stuff, Pat. I know you got a couple more bright spots. A couple more bright spots are the fact that young guys are getting an opportunity to contribute. Tucker Holloway, Kelly Lawson, uh, Monsoor Delane. um, and uh, who was the last one I want? Oh, Jalen Stroman again. I know he got dinged up. Um, you know, Cole Nelson had another good game. Uh, it, it's nice to see some of these younger guys get some burn out there. Um, and my last bright spot was we are a Nike school and not an Adidas school. Georgia Tech is Adidas. Look at this. 
if you're watching on YouTube, look at the uh, the yellow jacket Buzz mascot. He's wearing Adidas shoes, probably mandated by uh, by Georgia Tech. Remember when they were Russell Athletic? <laughs> yeah, and they gave us those Talking awesome jerseys weird. to write a uh, backwards Nike swoosh on. <laughs> shout out to shout out to their uh, their equipment team back in 2007. Sour spots. There was a lot of sour spots here. Man's Mon Sour Delane. We that could be a whole bit. Um, we could have we could have done like a fun bit with him for Halloween. Mon Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So my first uh, sour spot here on Saturday was the ball security. This was the most turnovers that we have had in a football game since Old Dominion. Uh, Grant Wells threw an interception that was behind. It was either Jaden Blue or um, or Daywan Lofton. It was not a good throw. Grant Wells turned it over two times. He fumbled it twice, um, including the last play of the game, essentially. And then the costly Keyshawn King fumble as well. Fumbles and, and interceptions are, are two different things, right? When you throw a pick, a lot of the time it can be from a bad decision, whereas fumbling is just not focusing on protecting the football. Regardless, three of those turnovers on Saturday were in Georgia Tech territory. Um, so that was just brutal. And and a lot, of, uh, a lot of the time when you lose a fumble, the amount of luck that is thrown into – the probability of recovering your own fumble versus the other team falling on it. You know, that is where luck uh, has a contribution to turnovers. Of course, this team was on the, uh, the bad end of that, which is just a bummer. The kicking team uh, left four points off of the board from missed field goal and a missed extra point. That is a sour spot. And then just the kick return game did not look good at all on Saturday either. So yeah. those are my sour spots. Got a few here, uh, and happy to engage uh, Pat and Billy Ray as well because I definitely want to hear their thoughts. Um, number one is the continual, in my opinion, underutilization of both Daquan Wright and Connor Blumrick. Billy Ray so eloquently just drew a very nice visual representation of what a difference Connor Blumrick makes, not just you know being out there or whatever, but it's like. The reason we got that 90-yard touchdown punt return was because he was out there. Um, why why are we not getting them more involved? I think they're both playmakers. I, I think they're both difference makers. I just don't understand why we're not utilizing them. Um, another one. I've tweeted about this all season long. Letting teams score before halftime. I've I, Billy Ray and I, before we press record today – we counted four games where in at least the three-minute mark, Virginia Tech had let opponents score right before the half. Old Dominion, West Virginia, NC State, and Georgia Tech. I don't care if it's three points. I don't care if it's seven. Georgia Tech kicked that field goal. They got those three points. That's a difference in the football game right there. It, why, it, it cannot happen. It's got to stop. That is a consistent, continual problem for this football team. Um, I don't know. Then there's what I will call the, the fold. And this is what everyone's been talking about on Twitter. 
uh, all all the, the last 72 hours. Keyshawn King, he fumbles. He's been running down Georgia Tech's throat. He's having a day. Then there's the injury timeout, and it's it seems like forever. And we come back, and I literally looked at the guy next to me standing at LA Draft. I was like, I hope we don't fumble. Grayson Jinx is it. Boom. We fumble right there. Ten yards out. We're 10 yards out from putting the ball game away. We score a touchdown. The game is definitively over. Even if we scored a field goal, I'd feel pretty solid about it. But we fumble. I'm not mad at Keyshawn King for fumbling the football. I'm very, very upset with it's it's how we respond in those moments. It's like we just completely fall apart. We crumble. I, I don't. It's plagued us for much longer than this football game. This has been going on for years. It's been going on for years, and it just it's like we don't know how to win in those moments. It, there's 10 minutes left in the football game. There's 10 minutes at this point. You're going to go back out on defense. you got 10 minutes. You have plenty of time to get the ball back and go and try again and, and, and be headstrong and be mentally tough. But it's like – that fumble happens, and I literally, when it happened, I'm like, we're going to find a way, aren't we? We're going to find a way to lose this football game. Three plays go by, and they score a 56-yard touchdown pass. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know what it is, Grayson? It's almost like the – I know they lost the game this weekend. When LSU took the lead on Alabama in regulation – you had I had no doubt in my mind that Alabama was going to run down the football field and find a way. And it's almost yeah. the inverse of that with Virginia Tech athletics, with not Virginia Tech athletics, with, with football over the last couple of years, is things are going well, and you're not even in like enjoy what's going well mode. You're in how is this going to how is this going to change mode? You know what I mean? Right. Um I, I couldn't agree more, man. This is a thing that's been going on for years. It's I think the quickest way to to the momentum swing and the like inertia behind game changing plays seems to be like tenfold with our program. Um, and uh, again, I think that comes down to strong culture, culture of winning, knowing how to win, being in positions to win and believing in yourself to get the job done, not having imposter syndrome when things are going well. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 baffling at times. Um, well, it's interesting you make the LSU point because I, I tweeted this earlier this week, and I know it's LSU, and Brian Kelly's been a head whistle for a long time, but it it speaks volumes. Alabama goes down, and they do what Alabama does, and they score. And LSU, they're at home. They're like, great, bet that. We're going to go do it to y'all. And it's like mentally strong, sound teams – Body language. No, yeah. It's body language. They don't fold in those moments. Mm-hmm. And it just we we looked scared. As soon as that fumble happened, it's like the whole demeanor of the team on the sideline changed. It's like the the wind was sucked out of Lane Stadium. I wasn't even there. And I felt that. Um to to wrap these these sour moments up again, the, the on their last touchdown drive, Georgia Tech's last touchdown drive. We, we mentioned this earlier. It's third and 19. Third and 19. How do you, how do, how do you let them convert that? Ha, make it make sense. 19 yards, that's almost 20. That's almost a fifth of the football field. 
and we let them convert that. And it's like, again, this has been a thing this season. We are giving up big chunk plays on third downs. Teams are able to easily convert third downs against our defense. We rush three defensive linemen. We don't put any pressure on the quarterback. He is all day back there, and they convert. Bad, pitiful, really bad. And then the last, the last play. And at this point, in my opinion, the game was over. We had zero timeouts left. I did not, I had no faith in us to go down and kick a field goal, none whatsoever. But Grant Wells fumbling the football on the last offensive play was the icing on, on the cake of the day. Uh, but it's, 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 it's crazy. Like we're playing lights out for three quarters, but we can't put it together for four. And that's what's so gut wrenching. It's the same thing at NC State, but it it's tough, man. It's really, really hard to watch. Any uh, any additional thoughts here? Hard to watch is uh, is a great way to put it. <laughs> I don't know if I have a better way to put it. It's, it's and again, we've been experiencing it. We've been experiencing it for years, man. Like that. That's what that's what sucks about it. I mean, I. I, I <laughs> It's funny because like in the moment I'm really angry and then when I remove myself from the moment I'm like yeah I completely get it like when when in our group chat as as it's third and 19 the play hasn't happened yet and we're saying they're going to convert it on third and 19 yeah it happens and I'm thinking man is there anybody I want to be in the stands with less than Grayson and Hampton on this third and 19 <laughs> Because they're going to tell me that they're going to convert third and nineteen, and then they're going to punch me in the chest and be like, "I told you they were going to convert." Third and 19. Um, but um, yeah, man, no, that's it's it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. I have seen this movie before. Um, we've been here before. All of those uh, age old sayings that I'm sure plenty of fan bases like to talk about and act like uh, it's only them, but it sure as hell feels like it really is only us. Um, so, Pat, out to lunch. OTL. I have some good news. Roots Natural Kitchen is opening up in Fairfax, Virginia. Wow, that's big news. If you're a 703 kind of guy or gal, maybe even live out in D.C., guess what? Fairfax is getting a Roots. That's huge news. Can I, uh-huh. can I add on to this, this ad read for just a second? Just say one thing. I know there's a, there's a thing where like, at least I think of this sometimes where I'm like, man, like how many people are actually doing this? I want to shout out to the hundreds of people who have been using these codes to go get themselves some roots. Roots is fantastic. Roots is awesome. If you have not had it yet, there are hundreds of people that have changed their lives by going to roots and improved their gut health, their overall health and satiated their taste buds when they needed food. Need I say more? Pat, go to the App Store, download the Roots app, type in this code, Pat. Beat Duke. All one word. Beat Duke. I don't know if we're going to beat Duke, but I know we can solve your hunger problem. And it can happen right now on the Roots app. That's anywhere. That's if you live in Richmond, Charlottesville, Blacksburg. Penn State, Newark, Delaware, and Pittsburgh, and some of the other places listed online. Chapel Hill. All right, <laughs> I got, I got, a, I got a bowl after the game uh, at at VT's best tailgate. Shout out, uh, Christine and Steve. An age old awesome. tradition. Pat Finn getting roots in Blacksburg on game day weekends. I mean, is there anything better? Answer: No. <laughs> Winning football games is nice, for the record. 
What was out to lunch? What yeah. was out to lunch this weekend, guys? You're gonna hate me. And I'm like, oh my god, Sons of Saturday complained about the wave. No, again. do it. Like, do find it. a new slant, kids. Find no. a new slant, Pat. All right, yeah. Was I a little upset about it? Yes, I was very upset. I was like yelling, yelling at people. <laughs> um, but our favorite thing happened on Saturday during a long media timeout when a Georgia player or a Georgia Tech player was hurt. We were up two scores with the ball in the red zone with just over 10 minutes to play. And all of a sudden, Lane Stadium decides to – it's wave time. Wave time. You know, <laughs> let's, let's, wave time. Let's do the wave. And, uh, you know, all of Section 5 is like, hey, where's Billy? Like, Billy's not here to yell at people. I'm just standing there with my arms crossed and just kind of just shaking my head. Um, you know, I'm not – I'm not over there like, uh, you know, physically pulling people's arms down when they're doing it. I would have been. I would have been. Um, but it was it was cringy when it happened. It was 10 times more cringy when Keyshawn King fumbled the very next play. And then Georgia Tech scored two touchdowns on their next two drives. And then we lost the football game. Um, all I have to say is, Look at the data. Just look at the data. Two waves in Lane Stadium this year. I don't know if we waved against Wofford, actually. Um, but <laughs> two waves, one against Boston College and one against Georgia Tech. Two bad outcomes. Uh, Boston College scored a touchdown right after the wave. And I, and I actually was – I wanted to take a back seat on the wave stuff in the moment because I was like, look, these fans showed out. Okay. They did. We're yeah. football team. I, I, I didn't want to go over the top. But after thinking about it, no, stop doing the wave. There's no possible good outcome from doing a baseball celebration at a football game that is a close football game. Also, I'll take this angle too. We got a player down on the field, injured player. Probably, you know, go get some peanuts. Go get, go up and get some Whitley's peanuts. Show some. You know. I did get peanuts. Yes, you did. And I got the peanut clusters in the mail. We're not talking about that right now anyway. But – yeah, don't do the wave, man. It's just bad. I The amount of people, uh, maybe they didn't want to publicly endorse it, but the amount of people who were DMing me and saying, I am beside myself, there is the wave going on. Um, there are more people against the wave than you think. Um, so you uh, you closet anti-wave people, I think you need to come out of the closet and start speaking up and letting people know that this is not okay. This will not stand, man. Uh, no wave. Ban the wave. <laughs> I... Uh... I was upset about it. I was, I was after, after, you know, we fumbled and went and, uh, you know, gave up touchdowns. I was obviously, you know, y'all wanted to do the wave. I was yelling that and, you know, Pat getting a little emotional, taking it out on the fans, probably not the best thing to do, but for me, it was insult to injury. It was insult to yeah. injury. You know, you did one. And it's easy to point the finger at when, when you have a fumble, it's like, well, it's cause we did the wave. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Curses, no- curses and luck do exist in sports. Shout out to Taylor Malvin, who was uh, my seatmate for the game and was trolling me, just doing the wave just to troll me. Um, good trolling. Great trolling. Um, <laughs> Trolls on everybody. We lost. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but hey, whatever. All right. Uh, some lines from Saturday that we can review that Grant Watson had submitted Thank you, Grant. Grant's another guy. Shows up every day. Lunch pail mentality. 
you know, I'm sure it's not fun to send in the over-unders every week. Grant, you're reliable, man. Appreciate it. So true. Hokie sacks, two and a half. Hit the over. Three sacks on Saturday. A tribute to uh, Mario Kendricks, Jalen Griffin, and Taiwan Garbutt. Bryce Duke carries, four and a half. I was wrong. <laughs> this one, this one was a surprise. This one was yeah. a surprise. Bryce Duke did not have any carries on Saturday. Uh, I was surprised by that. I thought he would at least you know, have one or two. We actually did not run the ball that much with our backs. I saw this tweeted out by Hokies Film. Keyshawn King had 13 carries for 79 yards. Holston had four for 21. And Black had two for 13. Our running back room had 19 carries. Our running backs averaged over five yards per carry. So it's not like King, Holston, or Black were having a bad game. Um, they all They all – did great with their carries on Saturday. Um, Grant Wells had 19 carries for 32 yards. It is interesting that Grant Wells had as many carries if you, you know, if you include the sacks as the entire running back core. Um, we probably should have ran the more ran the ball more with running backs. Bryce Duke carries negative or uh, under four and a half. And then uh, okay, Hokies total yards 320. The under hit we had 304 total yards which is not a great day for the offense yeah letters from launch bill number one steve bryce yes last few weeks have showed us some good young talent on this team lawson holloway delane which gives hope for the future my question for the whole crew is can this team afford to go into 23 and 24 with a qb with a qb rating of 47 should our first priority this offseason be a qb upgrade in the portal Grayson, I know you're not Mrs. Hughes, my first grade teacher. I know you're not Miss Cummings, my eighth grade teacher in chemistry class. But I, uh, I'm going to pull a, uh, a card out of my student learning experience and not raise my hand and just talk out of uh, out of turn. This entire team, there is not one position that you can point to and say that that is the reason this team is underachieving. Okay, I would argue that Grant Wells has actually performed about as well as you could ask him to given the situation that he has been in. Does that mean that I think he can, should, or will be the starting quarterback of the Virginia Tech Hokies in 2023? No, I have no idea. I would love for him to compete for the job, but I would like every single person in every single position to be in a position to have to compete for a starting role. The transfer portal is going to be critical for Virginia Tech moving forward. It has to happen. It has to happen. Um, I think a lot of a lot of folks are are saying, well, what if we just get this one guy in here, this one guy in here? No, like there needs to be a complete turnover from what this looks like and getting and to one more point. And that's not an indictment on the current players either. That is just saying that we need to turn this over and take advantage of something that is a huge part of college football. And when new coaches come in and there are new systems, that's the fastest way to do it. Uh, another note on that, um, a lot of folks, whether it be in spaces, whether it be in tweets, whether it be wherever are constantly kind of banging the drum of why are we playing older players? Why don't we play all young guys? Well, if you go down and you look at our roster, there are plenty of positions where putting a young guy in at certain positions is not going to be what gives you the best opportunity to win. I said this on the Twitter space and, and, and Dwight Vick was saying this as well is you have to realize like you play younger players when they are either as good or about 10 to 15% of what 
is the guy in front of them is when you opt for the younger player. I don't want another player but Dax Hollifield playing linebacker. I don't care how young somebody is behind him. I don't. I don't want somebody playing over Caleb Smith. I don't want somebody playing over Chamari Connor because that is not giving us the best chance to win. I think the coaching staff has done a good job bringing in young players to compete, like a Cam Johnson, like a Tucker Holloway, like a Monsor Delane. Um, so to that point, there's not one player you can point your finger at and say that's the reason we're losing. I think Grant Wells has performed admirably given his situation. And also you can't always just, you know, plug in the younger guy because sometimes the guys that are older give you the best chance to win and are the leaders and the people who are on this team trying to set the culture. Um, that's my answer. Hit the portal as hard as humanly possible. That has to be priority number one this offseason. As soon as this season's over, we are not going to a bowl game. Hammer the portal at, at every position. Has to happen. To that I say we should be – we should be uh, getting a quarterback out of the portal every single year. In in 2022, in college football, we should be getting a quarterback in the portal every single year. Um, I agree if, with that. You're probably going to lose one. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, you know that folks are going to be coming in, they're going to be going out, and that is the most important position on the football field. That is the most important position to have – depth that on the football field as well. Um, that's not something that we're just going to build up relationships in Virginia and we're just going to magically get a quarterback. That is not going to happen. Look at the recruiting from the past. Look at the state of Virginia for the past 10 years. When was the last time a Virginia quarterback made an impact? You know, and, and that's where we were able to really win and capitalize when we had Michael and Marcus and, uh, you know, Tyrod. Brian Randall and Tyrod and Logan Thomas. Those were Virginia quarterbacks. Virginia had quarterbacks that were talented in that day and age. There have not been that many quarterbacks to come through Virginia. So just thinking that rebuilding relationships in Virginia will get us a good quarterback is not going to happen. You need to hit the portal for a quarterback every single year because these guys can go with a flip of a switch. You know, we'll probably see some attrition from some of our better players this year that will go to the portal for greener pastures and get an opportunity to compete for his championship elsewhere. So, yes, we should hit the portal for a quarterback that's not an indictment on on Grant. That's just we should always be looking for more talent to add to this football team. I just want to add this, too, and some people may hear what you said, Pat, and think that that's extremely outlandish. I just want to go over some of the quarterbacks, and these are just off of the top of my head that we've had transfer in over the last couple of years. So recently we had Grant Wells and we had Brown, but in the past we had Connor Blumrick, we had Gerard Evans, we had Braxton Burmeister, we had A.J. Bush. Like you are continuously bringing someone in and creating quarterback competitions, and that is why teams like LSU, Alabama, Florida State, Miami are so talented, and what they benefit from is you're not going into the spring knowing that you have a position lockdown. You know that there's someone else behind you that's going to be pushing for your job, and that's you know it just breeds a better team and a better culture. Uh, and that's what we should be looking for. So I'm with that you. used to be all the drama, man. Like Michael Brewer, when he won the when he won the starting job, it's like who's going to be the first? Who's QB one? Is it Josh Jackson? Is it Quincy Patterson? It's like you should always be cycling that and fueling that. It's it's everything. So yes, yes. To answer your question, Steve, we should hit the portal very hard. Belly option says, would Virginia Tech still have the same record if there were no coaches at all this year? And seniors led the team. 
In my opinion, yes. I think Dax and Jason Brown could lead this team to 2-10 and and would have saved millions. America would have loved it. We would have gotten more publicity and made a lot of revenue on that story. (laughs) I mean, I say that this is a satirical win. I do think this is funny. Um, I am also very much looking forward. All three of us are very much looking forward to when we turn things around and we no longer have to field questions like this on the podcast. But for now, I will laugh at the question uh, and the satire from the belly option. Can you just for can you just for a second? I do think it's a fun exercise to think of. Barstool would be all over a player ran team. Um, Every so, so, would, uh, so would the Detroit or the Colts, dude. They just they, they had promoted no never coached anywhere. Yeah, uh, that that was wild. Um, but how do they handle the? How do they handle the press conferences? Does the whole team get up there and they all have a microphone and they pick who who answers the question? It's a pretty it's a pretty fun exercise to envision. Um, I mean, this is a great Netflix series that yes. You know, we're, we're forecasting here. It's it's yeah. a Hollywood script for sure. But do it would see in uh in the show All American because that show's horrifically outlandish. <laughs> yeah, that would be something you see. Oh yeah, Spencer James is going to be the head coach of Beverly High School. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving to Sharky shout outs. Um, shout out to our women's team for being awesome. Hundred and one points. Yeah. 101 to 45. Let's go, ladies. I needed Wilt Chamberlain uh, 100 points thing with Kenny Brooks's head photoshopped on it. Um, and then also shout out to our men's team, who is also going to be awesome. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the bench mob that's going to be led by Justin Mutz tonight. It's going to be awesome. As soon as we're done recording here, I'm going to get a lobster roll and then enjoy that game. So, um, And shout out to you, Pat. Shout out to Making the Trip and shout out to Hokie Nation. Look, I know this is hard, man. This this is tough. These podcasts are not necessarily fun, but appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all showing up on Saturday. And um, hopefully we can get a win here next week. My shout outs will begin with the Tucker Holloway Twitter account. Guys, this was great. All right. This This was hokey heartwarming from Tucker. Had the big play on Saturday. He tweets out, these are my brothers who blocked for me this past weekend on punt return. We set a record. Love Elijah that. Howard, so Jalen cool. Stroman, Keyshawn Burgess, Keyshawn Artis, Jaden Keller, Jalen Holston, Connor Blumrick, Jaden McDonald, Nike Hawkins, Tink Boyd. That's a team guy, Tucker Holloway. I'm excited to have this guy in our football program, and uh, I, I can see him being a leader can I add, can I add something that's very similar in that in that regard? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I really no, no. Uh, I, I want to shout out the uh, recruits who are committed to Virginia Tech right now mm-hmm. who put out a video, um, who some people twisted it into being a negative. I personally thought it was really cool for that group to come together and send out a message to Virginia Tech Hokie Nation. Uh, we re- we retweeted it. Um, basically you had starting with Braylon Johnson and everybody that was committed to Virginia tech come out and, and talk about how they're looking forward to, to turning this thing around. Uh, I thought that was really special. It looks like we're getting the right kind of kid in the door at Virginia tech. Um, and, uh, just wanted to, wanted to shout that out. I thought that was really, really, really cool. I hate that we're in the position to have to put out PSAs like that, but I'm glad that we have young men who are willing to step up to the plate and do it. So.
some more shout outs. I got to see some hokey Twitter folks on game day. In order of appearance, the hokey diddler got to meet diddler for the very first time. That was fantastic. Shout out to my guy, diddler. Uh, obviously, my man Dan from uh, Tales from the Transfer Portal holding it down. Teradome. Tales That's from the right. Down now. Sons of rebranding. That's yeah, my bad. That's right. Now you're good. Um, Dan holding it down in section seven across the way. And then my man, Greg Andia, big Greg, saw him on my way out of Lane Stadium, uh, walking out of uh, the lot. Awesome to meet up with him. And then uh, Will Trent. Will Trent does phenomenal work shooting the games on the sidelines, getting down, getting that angle. He had some great pictures, uh, including a series of photos of the Kelly Lawson touchdown, the Tucker Holloway touchdown, and captured a mascot fight. The one, if you're watching on YouTube, behind me, Hokey Bird smacking the yellow jacket in the butt with a fly swatter. Pretty funny. If you ask me, uh, we'll be sharing those albums here on Facebook and Instagram soon. Shout out to Delaware State tonight, 9 p.m. You guys are so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and follow- Pat, I love you, man. That is That's so good. <laughs> follow the Sons of Saturday on YouTube. Check out our new shows coming out. Check out our newsletter going out weekly, be sure to subscribe. And uh, hope to see everyone at the UVA game. I will not be at Liberty or Duke, but I will be at Virginia. I want to shout out Boston Burke for making that delicious casserole on Saturday morning for some of the Don't tell Justin Mutz. That guy hates casserole. (laughs) Is that a fact? Well, dang. He might have liked this one. Boston. Talking about out to lunch, that's out to lunch. I love casserole, dude. Casserole Casserole is really good. Boston's from New Orleans, so he made this like Creole casserole. Absolutely delicious. Very, very good. Uh, Thank you for the hospitality, Hokie hospitality. We love it. Uh, Next Monday, I will be joining Dan from Tales from the Terror Dome. Very, very excited about that crossover episode, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then, dude, women's team everyone i I just checked the uh twitter timeline people apparently kayla king had a a really good night so shout out to kayla king i gotta go see what uh how many points she scored but uh that's all the shout outs for me i think she had 33 points okay shout out kayla king i think she had 33 points set a record for threes in a game uh either at castle pretty impressive pretty impressive big deal got a bonus we got a bonus letter from the lunch pail, by the bo- way. Bo- bo- bonus. <laughs> Come on, Bill. Where were you with that one? Bonus question. I wonder how many people are still around. Uh, this is good for how many people stick around for Sharky shoutouts. You can never tune out too late. Stick around for the post credits. What do we got, Pat? You know what they say. You can always retake a class, but you can never relive a night at Big Al's. You can never – I hated when people said that. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, you can never you, – you never miss the shout-outs if you listen to the end. That's uh, – we've, we do, we've done this a couple of episodes. Just wanna, I just want to hit on one thing. There is nothing worse than the person who tries to guilt you into going out in college. Don't be that guy. 
I, I love Chris Monaco. Chris Monaco is one of my most adored people in the world. But there were certain nights where I either had a headache or didn't want to go out. And then he would literally like nonstop be like, you have to come out. You have to come out. You have to come out. And then I'd go out and I'd be in a bad mood because I didn't want to go out in the first place. And then he gets in a bad mood because I'm in a bad mood downtown. So the people who do that, I just don't understand that strategy. And I've now gotten to the point where I am headstrong and mentally tough enough to just say, hey, I'm not going. You can go, but I'm not going to go. Because if I go, I'm not going to be a lot of fun. And then guess what? You're not going to have a lot of fun. So I just on that note. Sorry. Billy, no Billy, Billy, Billy. Seems like a personal problem. No. no seems like same thing. How does that seem like a personal problem? Because here's – dude, I, I'm good with that at, you know, 23, 24, 25, you know, all the way up to – you know, the late twenties. You're a college kid, man. Oh man. It's not very never, grit, Bill. Okay. You're never gonna you're never <laughs> gonna have that you're never gonna have that uh that opportunity again. So But you know what I'm not thinking about though? And maybe this is just me. I think I did plenty of, I think I did plenty of partying. I've never gone I've never not wanted to go out, didn't go out, and then said, damn man, I really should have gone out. Sometimes you just gotta sit on the couch and watch the office. These kids don't even know about that because it's not on Netflix anymore. But maybe I'm in the minority. But th- that's just my take. All right. Let's read the bonus question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pete McGee, I'm sorry, Pete, will not be a Duke. No away game glances this week. He says, what do you need to see these last three games to prove to you that the staff has made progress? Have you seen any so far? This is a, this is a question that could, you know, we can go on for five, ten minutes here. Who do you want to go first? Um, I think I think one thing that needs to happen uh, is just the feeling that things are changing, like making changes. For example, Exhibit A. You want to talk about progress? Putting Blumrick in that position mm-hmm. on punt return and having Tucker, like putting Tucker Holloway back there. They put him back there for NC State. Every single time they punted to Tucker Holloway, I was like, he's going to catch the ball. He's not going to muff muff this and then you see him make a difference on saturday with the new formation that right there is progress that right there is a change that yielded positive results so something like that um you know i think is a quarterback change necessary i i have always been in the camp that the coaching staff the quarterback's coach has the best intentions for our football team, knows who the best quarterback on the team is and is not going to put someone out there that is not going to give the team a better chance for us to win the football game. So I don't know if Devin Farrell uh, you know, is, is the answer, but if Grant Wells throws an interception against Duke, like if Devin Farrell goes out there, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be, you know, bashing the staff. I'm going to say, okay, let's see if this guy can give us a chance. Um, so I think things like that um, at the top of top of uh, top of the train of thought here. I'm with I'm you. Like, go ahead, Grayson. Go ahead, man. We'll go in uh, I, uh, reverse I alphabetical. I was going to say to to what I was talking about earlier. Something in these last three games is fourth quarter play. How does the team operate? execute, do it all in the fourth quarter. It's about finishing the football game. I need to see that we are 
mentally headstrong. We are tough. We are not losing our composure after a fumble with 10 minutes left in the football game. I need to see us finish. That's what I need to see. I need to see us finish and play a complete football game for, for me to feel better about the way things are currently going. Billy Ray. Mental toughness. This team has uh, needs to show more mental toughness and more discipline. Those are things I have talked about all football season long. That is penalties. That is answering the bell when uh, adversity hits you directly in the face. That is staying on sides. That is lining up correctly. That is pre-snap uh, coordination. Um, that's what I need to see. Um, and uh, just some fight, man. Because I, I think I think it can't be. It can't be. What's the word I'm looking for? It can't be overstated how difficult it has to be to go into the facility. How difficult it was for those young men to go in the facility today. How difficult oh, yeah. it was for the coaching staff to go into the facility today. Um, like we get on here and we're like, oh, I have to record a podcast today. Well, they got to run sprints. They got to do middle drill. They got to watch film. They got to probably get crushed and and yelled at by coaches for doing the wrong things. And the coaches have to answer questions they don't want to answer. So it's a lot harder for them. So I I really hope that they're able to keep it together. And until I'm proven otherwise, this team hasn't quit all year. Um, I don't anticipate them to quit. They've gone out and they've battled every time. And we like the result, no. Um, but I hope that we continue to see that. We're not um, going to be favored, you know. No, to uh, to throw back to the 2019 Washington Nationals hashtag Stay in the fight. This team is not. This team is not going to be favored against Duke. This team is not going to be favored against Liberty. Oh my god! Make them competitive football games. They're both going to be on the road. You come back home on the 26th and you get UVA. Punch UVA in the mouth. You know that's a rivalry yeah. game. You want to talk about toughness? You want to talk about? discipline and playing your heart out beat Virginia. You know, I, I think yeah. that's, that's a big thing too. And I think that's really what the fan base wants to see at this point for the last three games is like, Hey, screw it, you know, but I don't want to go two and 10, you know, give us three and nine with a win over Virginia. I think we're ready to turn the page to next year. Agree. That's a, pod. that's a podcast positivity, baby, Virginia tech women's basketball win Virginia tech's men's basketball. I'll go ahead and say it, impending win. And then also, Virginia Tech women's soccer, taking on West Virginia in the tournament. We're looking forward to it, and we're previewing Duke. That'll be the next you hear from us. Enjoy your week. Talk soon. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand, but I saw you. Like one, two in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to slice again Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is Enough to reach out to you
your head, it started